and uh, make makes uh, uh, emblems, if you will, of false religion and Salem and decorate the temple. Uh, and so here we got Paul. He's moved into town. He started preaching repentance by grace through faith. And uh, people started getting saved. People quit going to the temple of Diana. Uh, Paul's going around preaching. There is but one God and one mediator between God and men. And it's the man Christ Jesus. They start throwing their idols down. They start kicking their golden castles they quit going to Diana Day and started looking for Jesus. And sure enough, the devil is mad about this. He's upset, by the way. He still gets bothered when God begins to work. I've said it over and over and over, but it's just relevant. What we've seen God do here just a few months ago in revival, God was real pleased and happy with, but the devil got real ticked off. Somebody say, man, it's been like walking uphill ever since. Uh, seem like folks it's been one thing after another. Death and disease and I mean dear times. Seem like everything has come against departure. Uh, what is that? I'm tell you what it is. It's the old stinking devil doing what he does best. Uh, that these people that's got their head buried in the sand uh, don't think the devil's still alive and well and at work. They've lost their mind. He's a roaring lion. His roar is louder tonight than it's ever He's deceiving more now than he ever has. He's discouraging more now than he ever has. He's trapping people in a snare more now than he's ever had. He knows, thank God. He knows he's got an allotted amount of time and his time's up. He knows the end of the book. He knows that there's coming a day where the Lord Jesus will bind him and cast him into the lake of fire that burned with brimstone forever and ever and ever again. And the devil is hard at work. May I say he can't always stop at what God's doing, but he will try to disrupt it. And he uses people just like God has people, the devil has people. Just listen, everybody that walks in a church ain't there for the right reason. I would like to think tonight that all of us are here, I believe we are, uh, for the right reason, uh, but I've been fooled before. Somebody say amen. Uh, you've been fooled before. I'm talking about the very ones, friend, that I thought uh, was going to make it, uh, the very ones I thought my soul. I'm glad God sent them my way. That's been some of the hardest uh, uh, valleys I've had to walk through and sing for you tonight. You say, what is that? Well, tell you what it is. Uh, at the same devil that has slithered uh, down the down the slippery slope uh, in the Garden of Eden still at work today. Like same devil, there was a snake that uh, could transform himself into an angel of light. How many of y'all would agree with me? Uh, I believe if we were to look at the life of Judas, uh, my soul, we think he was a... He, I guarantee you, Judas had the reputation of being a man of God. How many old Judas signed? He walks with God, and he did. He talks with God, and he did. He eats dinner and supper and lunch with God, and he did. I seen him praying with the Lord Jesus on the corner the other day, and he probably was. But how many of y'all know that the, the Bible said when Jesus sat at that table with the disciples for the last time, he looked at me and said, one of you will betray me. And they all began to wonder who it was. Is it I? Is it I? But Judas don't open his mouth because Judas knew and God knew the condition of his heart long before the Lord ever pointed him out. He said, whoever will dip the bread, the sock, that's the one that will betray me. S-O-P, 
stop. It's also the abbreviation for sign of perdition. The Bible said that Satan himself entered into Judas. After all he had seen the Son of God do, he sold him out for a mere 30 pieces of silver. My friend, ain't you sick and tired of watching people sell the Lord Jesus out for a little bit of nothing, for a little bit of fun, for a little bit of friends, or a little bit of faith, for a little bit of fleshly desires. Not 
Amen. The Bible said in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Everything you and I possess in our soul tonight through the Scriptures and salvation is hinged upon the Word of God. You're not saved because somebody would preach the Word of God. You can live right because somebody can preach the Word of God. You can abstain from this and apprehend that because the guidance of the Word of God. It's not an opinion. It's not an option. I need somebody to help me up in here tonight. It's the final authority. And you ought not take time to conform that Word to fit you, but you ought to conform your life to fit in the Word. If it says it's wrong, it's wrong. If it says it's right, it's right. Whatever the Word of God says is true, it's not debatable. You can't have an opinion. You've got to line up with the Word of God and live your life according to what it says. There's an outright attack from hell on this Bible. First thing we see, the first thing the devil attacked in the life of human beings was the Word of God. Right. Right. Yea, hath God said. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what these folks that are being misled into these other perversions. Let me tell you all they're doing. They're sitting down in the garden just like Adam and Eve did and they're having a discussion with the devil. Yeah. Well, you know, I've heard this, so I want to puke. Well, I can just understand these other verses so much better. They're just more on my level. Listen. Lord have mercy, I'm going to run rabbit. Listen to me. God never intended for His Word to be brought down to our level. He's God. He don't have to line up with us. we got to strive to line up with Him. And if you don't understand it, you need to read it again. And you need to pray. And you need to ask God, by the way, He's the author of the book. If anybody can teach it to you, I believe it's Him. But can I say thank God for preachers and teachers and Bible scholars and doctors. And the, thank God for all of them. But more than any can ever teach you this book if you'll sit down and be hungry and study and read thank God there is a God in heaven that will teach you what the word of God has to say and here Demetrius is his problem is not necessarily with Paul even though it appears that way and I'll show it to you later his problem is with what Paul is preaching yeah what is Paul preaching? The Word of God. Amen. You don't know why this church ain't running over with people? Because I'm preaching the Word of God. Amen. I could substitute this Bible with a devotional book. Are you listening to me? I, I, I said I could substitute this Bible with a devotional book. I could quit preaching on sin, let everybody live like hell and do whatever they want to do, and we could fill her up in here. I promise you, if we dropped our standard and we got rid of this Bible and we're just anything goes, comes to our leaves to us, and we quit trying to do it the right way, they'd run us out of here. Turn the flock up to their feelings and their emotions up to that word of can sit and enjoy themselves lost on their way to hell and enjoy the service. Something's wrong. Sure we want them to feel welcome. That's on us. Sure we want them to say, hey, we're glad you're here.
here because we are. Sure, we want to think that we're free, but we ought to be. But when this man of God gets up and the power of God falls, they ought to be twitching. They ought to be squirming. They ought to feel like this is their last opportunity. And they ought to be at the brush the wrong way. Are you listening? I sure am glad for the day I got brushed the wrong way. And I realized that I've got to line up with that. I'm not where I ought to be. And I got good God delivered to my soul when I quit trying to do it my way and follow God's way. Amen. That's what it's going to take. And so, Paul's preaching the Bible. And the snakes are crawling out of the hole, friend. Right. Let me tell you what that Bible will do. It'll, it'll put a snake on the move. Right. Are you listening? Amen. When that word of God goes forth, them snakes can't sit still. Mm-hmm. Right. Go look every time. How the devil, how how the Lord overcome the devil when he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness? The word of God. Yeah. You know the only thing that you've got in defense to that devil and to fire back when he throws the dart your way, you need something to say back, quit talking to him on your own and get that Bible out because even the devil knows it can't be disputed. Show me one time where God said, Thou shalt not tip the Lord thy God and the devil had a comeback. Show me one time when he said up to the devil as it is written and the devil tried. He couldn't challenge it because it was God's word. Thank God we're standing on the solid rock tonight. Yes, the Word of God. And so these snakes, they begin to move and stir when the Word of God goes forth. Mm-hmm. Quickest way to tell the difference if somebody's a saint or a snake is how they respond to Bible preaching. Yeah. Uh, Are you listening? Saints, even when they're brushed the wrong way, will realize it's God's Word and I'm, I must Line up with the scripture. Snakes will squirm, squall, and create a ruckus. When that word of God lands in the snake's lap, it'll shake them up and stir them up. Listen, it ought to make us weep our way to an altar. It ought to make us fall on our face, repent of our sin. Ask God to forgive us and He will. And go on for the glory of God. Quit getting mad every time God knocks on your door and start thanking Him that He cares enough to come by your way and say, hey, it's time for a checkup. Amen. That's what the Word of God is used for. Keep us on that straight and narrow way. May I say the devil is still doing today what he's doing here. When God's word's going forth, people's getting saved, God's moving in a church, they'll start shaking the snakes out. To mess up what God has been doing. Amen. And so, I want to give you these few things and we'll move on to the second part of the message. I said number one. I'm just going to go through this quickly. How are you going to identify a religious snake? Number one, we see that Demetrius caused the ruckus. In verse number 23, the Bible said, and at the same time there arose no small stir about that way. Listen, he didn't just stir the pot. Man, the Bible said this wasn't no small stir. He unleashed the beast, if you will. Uh, the Bible lets us know that when Paul is preaching, Ephesus is seeing revival, uh, that Demetrius causes a ruckus. Notice the timing of the ruckus. It's in at the same time. When God's moving, that's when the snake starts uh, swithering his way around. Notice the attention of the ruckus. The Bible said no small stir. Can I tell you what snakes do? They want to take the 
Ephesus and the people's vision and the hearts and their attention off of God and the things of God and put it on them and put it on their problem and put it on their feeling. Are you listening to me? How many of y'all ever seen people right in the middle of God doing a big word want to have a big pity party? Helping somebody right in the middle of God that's speaking to hearts. They want to throw in the tower. They want to get mad at the preacher. They want to fight with so-and-so. Or they want to have a falling out with this brother or that suit. The emphasis and the attention has to be put on them. That's what this snake's doing. That's what Demetrius is doing. A religious man. A devout follower of Diana. And here we find when God begins to move, he creates a ruckus. It don't just stir something up. It's no small stir. He causes a ruckus. People all the time trying to tear stuff up in the church. Snakes. Secondly, he cleaved to his riches. I'm going to preach all this. Just going to mention it. Bible said verse 24, he brought no small gain. His mentality was, look at me. He brings all his stuff and says, all right, here I am, Demetrius the silversmith, because Paul's preaching against false gods. We're about to go out of business, boys. Look at everything I've got. Some of y'all ain't got what I've got, and if I'm going down, you better know you're going down. Again, putting the emphasis on him. Thirdly, he calls the riot. Look at verse 25. The Bible said, Who he called together with the workmen of like occupation. And said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone Exodus, but almost all, uh, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hand. You know what he's doing? He's caused the riot. He brings all the other silversmith of the town together. And he says, Listen, there's this preacher called Paul, and he's telling everybody that there's no gods besides his God, and he's putting us out of business. He went to those who were vulnerable to try to get them on the bandwagon. You know what a snake, you know the kind of prey a snake is looking for? Vulnerable prey. Somebody who's going through a hard time. You ever notice in churches when the snake gets stirred up, starts causing ruckus, the first people they go to is the very ones they know are weak and dealing with problems spiritually, physically. That's the first people they go to. Why is that? Easy prey. Yep. I used this example a few weeks ago when I first dealt with this. Uh, you, you got a coyote. Listen, a coyote, it might chase a, 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 a healthy deer around and try to kill it, especially a baby. Uh, but you know what a coyote's listening for? It's listening for that whine and that moan. It's looking for that deer that crossed the fence, got its leg hung up and broke, that can't really run as fast and can't climb as tall. That's the one that's going after. Listen, the, the, the Bible says this snake, the serpent, he's also a lion. The Bible says that, uh, that the devil is as a roaring lion seeking, seeking, in other words, honey, for whom he may devour. Uh, listen, they're not going after some of those people uh, that said, I don't give a rip what the they say, I know what God done for me. That ain't who he goes to. He's going to the sinner that don't know God, that's vulnerable, that's afraid of losing everything when in reality, if they got saved, they gain everything. He's called a special meeting and caused a riot because he's a snake. He's a snake. He chose those who were vulnerable, but then he condemned God's vessel. Look at verse 26. Moreover, you see here that not alone in Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which are made with hands. He chose those who were vulnerable. 
then he condemned God's best soil. Listen, when God's using a man, by the way, he always has. That's how God works. Thank God for an Elijah. Thank God for an Elisha. Thank God for uh, those great Old Testament prophets. Thank God for uh, Ezekiel and Daniel and Hosea and Joel and Amos and Obadiah and Jonah and Micah and Nahum and Habakkuk. Uh, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Thank God for them prophetic books. Thank God for the Apostle Paul. Thank God for John the Baptist. Thank God uh, for Peter preaching at Pentecost. Thank God for Timothy. Thank God for these men. Uh, but listen to me. The devil's always had a special off against the preacher. Amen. He's always wanting to take them down. I tell every man that's ever been called to preach in this church. So you say, an officer call it, you've got a target on your back. Amen. Because you do. Right. Listen, I believe that preachers have to fight spiritual battles that nobody else fights. That's right. I believe they'll have marriage issues that nobody else has to deal with. Right. I believe they'll have lustful desires that most yeah. men or most people don't have to do. Why is that? There's an outright spiritual attack from hell on the man of God. Right. Because that's where it starts. If he can cut the head off, the body's soon to die right after. He condemned God's vessel. He cried about his vacancy. Notice verse 27. He said that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed whom all Asia and the world are worshiping. He said not only is he digging into our pockets, and robbing us of revenue, but he is causing all kinds of people to turn away from Diana, which is worship all throughout the world. Yeah. Let me tell you, this evening what a snake's uh, consumed by. Number one, we see he mentioned himself more before he did his God. Help me right there. Right. Yeah. He, he, he was worried about Diana, but he was worried about Demetrius first. That's right. Help me somebody. Verse 27. He said, this is our craft that's in danger. Then he gets to it, and so is, you know, the church. It's all about him. You know what a snake's mentality is, a religious snake? Life is all about me. Well, I understand, preacher, that God's working, but you've got to understand where I'm coming from. It matters how I feel. I took it personal. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Listen to me. This thing ain't about us. Amen. I'm so tired of Christian people making church all about this. It ain't about us at all. It's all about Jesus. Amen. The snake makes it all about himself. Cries in his vacancy. Then he conjures up violence. That sounds just like a Baptist snake. I don't really like what's going on, so we're going to raise hell for a minute. That's what he's doing. Look at verse 28. And when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. He conjured up violence. The Bible said they were full of wrath. May I say this is a dead giveaway when somebody's operating in the spirit of pride? When somebody stirs something up and wrath is the result of their no small stir. People that love problems in the church, they're not saints. They're snakes. Especially if they're one causing them. Are you listening to me? 
There's a whole bunch of beacons across our world that are snakes. There's a whole bunch of treasures that are snakes. There's a whole bunch of choir leaders that are snakes. There's a whole bunch of piano players that are snakes. There's a whole bunch of Sunday school teachers that are snakes. And hear me, there's a whole bunch of preachers that are snakes. All they're there to do is stir the pot and put wrath in the hearts of people. Conjure up violence. How are we going to identify a religious snake? Number one, he calls the ruckus. Number two, cling to his riches. Number three, he calls the riot. Number four, he cried about his vacancy. Uh, but then we find this. Excuse me, number four. Then we find he created confusion. Look at verse 29. And the whole city was filled with confusion. You know what that means? The whole city. That means those who were lost, following, they were confused. Well, is it this God that Paul's preaching or is it Diana? And the people who were saved, babes in Christ, the easiest seed for the devil to snatch up. They're saved. But a newborn child of God is just that, newborn. They're not rooted in doctrine. They're not sound in what they believe. They don't have roots deep down. They, they can really sing the song, I shall not be moved. Amen? I mean, they just get saved or they just get right with God. They just get called to preach. And next thing you know, a little burst of confusion runs by and they're gone. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Tell you who, who's the author of that? A religious snake. Yeah. Right. And they are more consumed with wrath than they are the roots that God wants you and I to dig deep down and build our house upon the rock. They're snakes. Amen. Snakes. He creates confusion. I said this last week, I'm not going to read it all, but one thing God hates is discord among the brethren. These people that want to go behind the preacher's back and Discuss whether or not he's right or wrong when he's preaching the word of God. You know what you're doing? You're sowing discord. You're creating confusion. And if you're not careful, you're, you're going to end up being a straight, backward snake. Right. We've seen it here. Every church probably has. Yeah. Well, you know, he preaches that, but this is just, you know, this, this is what I think. No matter what you think. I'm not standing on what I'm preaching is right because I'm preaching it. I'm standing on what I preach is right because I'm preaching the book. Now listen, my philosophy probably is wrong. My ideology probably is wrong. My theology probably is wrong. But his ain't. I'll preach that Bible. You cannot go and try to dispute it. So discord and confusion. How do we identify the hatred as he created rebellion? You know what happens when people go behind the man of God and the word of God and the power of God and the prince of God and the preaching of God's word and start shaking stuff up, stirring stuff up? You know what it'll cause the people who are involved to do? It'll cause them to rebel. Right. You don't look, you don't believe me? Look with me in verse 30. Well, I was sitting here in verse number 30. And when Paul would have entered into the people, the disciples suffered him not. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. 
For some therefore cried one thing and some another. For the assembly was confused. And the more part knew not wherefore they were to come together. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. What about that? Created rebellion. Look here, verse 35. And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that city of the Ephesians is worshipped for the great goddess Diana, and of the image which fell down from Jupiter, seeing that then, then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. In other words, he said, Weep this nonsense has got to stop. They're, listen to me, folks. They're gathered together at the theater or the outside tabernacle where Paul is scheduled to come preach, and they're in a full outright. Yeah. The Bible said for two hours, they're hollering back and forth. Great is the goddess Diana. And they're saying, No, it's Jesus. No, it's Diana. And the town clerk comes in and says, This nonsense has got to stop. Paul cannot even go into town and preach. And you know where it all started, Brother Chris? The whole town is in chaos. It started with one man. His name is Demetrius. He's a religious saint. You ever look at good churches and wonder how in the world they busted 30 different ways? I'll tell you how. There's a snake bite in there somehow. Started sowing seeds of discord, confusion, and doubt. Yeah. And before long, you broke down the middle. Half saying Diana, half saying God, Jesus, half saying, half saying idolatry. The other half is saying, no, there's only one God. His name's Christ. I mean, the next thing you know, what God had done has been disrupted by a religious snake. He created rebellion. You know what creating rebellion does? We see it in verse 30, it quenched the spirit. You ever been in a church? Seem like it's Spirit of God just, just can't can't yeah. show up. There's no liberty for God to be there. I'll tell you why. Listen to me. You ever get in a church? You ever visit a church? And there's tension and tightness and God don't have liberty? I'm going to tell you why. There's confusion in the place. God can't work in a place where people's at all with one another. God can't work in a place where you've got this side of the church believing this and this side of the church believing that. You've got this side of the church for the pastor, this side of the church against the pastor, this side of the church praying for the pastor, this side of the church talking about, about, about the pastor, this side of the church doing this, this side. It's confusion. It's this part. There, there, there's separation. It's not in one cord. In one accord, one body, one mind, one soul, one heartbeat. And God, the Spirit of God is quenched in the midst of snakes. You see it in verse 30. Look here in verse 30. And when Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered it not. Paul's ready to go preach, man. Mm -hmm. He's wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. He's ready. He's done seeing God say, putting out a bunch of them. He's ready to see God say, putting out a bunch more. But he can't even have the liberty to preach because of the snakes. Amen. Not only did he quench the spirit, he quieted the sermon. Look at verse 36. The Bible said, Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, 
You ought to be quiet. Do nothing rest. Know what town court said? Paul can't even come in here and line all this mess up because of you people. All this needs to be spoken against. But Paul don't even have the liberty of the Lord to show up. Let alone preach the Bible. Listen to me. You know why churches will go downhill and bust apart and die and, and, and the doors will close? I'm going to tell you how why it happens. Because they hinder the Spirit of God, which in turn hinders the man of God. And if the Spirit of God is quenched, uh, the quieting of the sermon is soon to follow. A man that can't preach the Bible in a church is in no church at all. He's in a snake pit. I've been to places felt like the devil himself had a hold of my throat squeezing me trying to preach the Bible. And I'm telling you, I'm serious, man. I mean, I've literally been to a point I almost could not breathe before. What is that? I'm in a snake pit, man. I'm not in a sanctuary when it's that way. I'm in a snake pit where all of hell is against me. If people ain't there to hear from God, they're there of their moral duty. They're out of their religious duty. Half of them don't like each other. Half of them don't love one another. Half of them ain't even saved. Half they're believing in a false god somewhere probably named religion and that's the churches that we're dealing with in this day and quenching of the spirit the quieting of the sermon that's how you identify the religious snake take heed to the warning God gives us in these verses you better be able to identify these snakes if we can't spot them in this sanctuary brother Chris this sanctuary in 10 or 15 years will be a snake pit the sign still may say still want back to church I promise you we let the snakes come in and create a ruckus and cause a riot and, and cause rebellion and sow discord and create division my friend we're headed down the road to a snake pit God will ready come on over the door which means the glory has departed I got news for you, friend. Listen to me. When he walks out, you, you might as well just padlock the doors. That's right. There's no use. And showing up, there's no use in singing a song. There's no use in preaching a sermon. I mean, it's scary, Brother Jim, but there's churches all over America tonight that's been having church for 30 years without God. That's it. That's right. I've seen it. There's snake pits. There's snake pits. Yeah. Full of vipers. Yeah. If we could hear the spiritual sound of their heart condition, it'd sound like a rattlesnake then. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what the snakes do. I believe they sit and they cool up. I believe if we could hear spiritually the condition of some people's hearts, mm -hmm. we'd hear the rattles in the rattles. They're sitting there and they're fuming. They're bowling. That little tail is just a wagging and rattling. Don't know why we can't see revival. Our church is filled full of rattlesnakes. That's it, right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 How you gonna have revival when you got a church full of rattlesnakes? Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. How you gonna have the Spirit of God when you're full of snakes? How in the world can we find uh, victory in the Lord when all we find is vipers? Yeah. Poison. Ain't no wonder God can't save and pardon like he used to. The churches have become poison centers. Right. Right. Or snakes. So that's how we identify them. That's all there was to the story. We probably were impressed, but we can't defeat them. Amen. We can't defeat these snakes. How? Number one, 
I want you to see Paul remain faithful. Paul remained faithful. Go to chapter number 20. It's the chapter after. The snakes start stirring stuff up. Thank God for a preacher that don't throw in the towel when the snakes start rattling. Thank God for a preacher who don't say, all right, I'm done with this. When, when all hell breaks loose and the ones that's been converted get confused and the ones that's lost, they get start sowing discord and creating problems. Thank God it didn't quit. Chapter number 20, look at verse number 1 and 2. The Bible said, and after the uproar was ceased. <laughs> what about that? That's good times, ain't they? <laughs> ah, God, I've been there when the uproars came. I like it when they cease. <laughs> and after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them. Ain't nothing like good Christian brethren. And departed for to go into Macedonia. When he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. May I say the first way to overcome and defeat a religious snake is to do what Paul did and remain faithful. But may I say in verses 1 and 2, they're having church. He embraces the disciples, then he exhorted and encouraged them. Verse number 2. Ain't you glad that the sun will rise in the morning, friend? The trouble's not here to stay. And the storms just come to pass. And if you remain faithful, you can have victory over the snakes. They're going to come. They're going to stir stuff up, blow stuff up, cause division, bring heartbreak and heartache. They're going to hurt when they bite. There's going to be marks left where they bite. There's going to be scars where they bit. But if you'll keep going on for God, the uproar will cease. May I say, and Paul quit, Brother Chris, he'd have lived his whole life in that uproar. Even if he would have departed and went away from the uproar, that would have been the last thing, the last experience he had serving God. And that uproar would have eaten him until the day he died. You know why some people are still out of church? You know why some people are not faithful to church today? Because they went to a church where the snakes crept in and they got bit. And then after they got bit, they got bitter. And they quit. Quit on God because the snakes got a hold of Listen to me. You may have been snake bit, but thank God there's a Savior that can come by and bind up our wounds. Glory to God. He can heal our broken hearts. He can bind up I feel the Lord all night. He can come by and bind up a broken heart and heal a wounded soul and a wounded heart. He can. You can go on for God if you're determined to do so. Paul remained faithful. Because of that, the uproar ceased. He could have quit. He went down through the portals of time with that uproar always being present in his heart, but he kept going for God. Not only did Paul remain faithful, Paul remained focused. Look in verse number three with me. And there abode three months. He abode where? In Macedonia. That's where he goes in verse one, in Greece. And he abode there three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him, as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. What's the significance of that? Go back with me to chapter 19, quickly. Chapter 19, look at verse 21. 
chapter 19, verse 21. Are you there? Say amen. amen. The Bible said, and this is before everything blows up. That everything blows up in verse 23. In verse 21, and after these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through where? Macedonia. To go to Jerusalem saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. Look at verse 22. So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Orestes, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. Paul sent two of his preachers down to Macedonia. That's where God had laid on his heart to go. But before he went to Macedonia, he made a pit stop at Ephesus and the rival broke out. Are you listening? He made a pit stop at Ephesus. Revival broke out. Then the riot broke out. That's how it usually happens. Then rebellion broke out. Then the rattlesnakes come out of the cage. That's how it happens. And so it held him up for a moment. Uh, but he intended, y'all see that? In, in chapter number 20, verse number uh, verse number 20, where was that at? Verse number 19, or chapter 19, verse 21 and 22. Paul determined to preach and go to Macedonia. He sent two preachers to Macedonia. But then we find, guess what? Paul remains faithful. Not only did he have church embracing disciples after being in the snake pit, but he remained focused. He kept his promise to God. Guess where he goes? To Macedonia. Listen to me. So many people, God had told them, do this or do that. And they get snake bit. And then they forget all about what God had purposed. By the way, the Bible said he purposed to go to Macedonia. He purposed in the Spirit. Y'all remember that, don't you, what we just read? In other words, there was a commitment between he and God to go to Macedonia and preach to Macedonia and to set up camp in Macedonia and do work for God in Macedonia. His heart was so longing to be there. He said, all right, Timothy, and what you call it, go on down there and start getting everything ready. I'm on the way. I just need to stop preaching Exodus real quick. You know what happened? That little pit stop turned into a snake pit. There you go. And he could have quit, Brother Chris. But he remained faithful. He kept going in the upward seas. And he remained focused. He didn't lose sight of where God had told him to go. Listen to me. So many people will fail to reach the places that God told them to go. Because when the snake pits open, they get their eyes on the snakes, not the Savior. They get their eyes on the problems and not God's plan. They get their eyes on the worry instead of the will of God. Listen, there's so many people that could have been doing so many great things for God, but they got they found themselves among religious snakes. They found themselves in the snake pit and they settled and settled and settled in the snake pit when they should to be in the Macedonia. Thank God Paul defeated the snakes because he kept his focus. He said, well, that hurt. That was bad. But but God, I still got to go where God told me to go. He told me to go to Macedonia. Chapter 19, all hell breaks loose in chapter 19, but I'm still going to go. Ain't you glad for some people that's just willing to fight with Chris? Just ain't going to quit. I mean, all hell break loose. Snakes crawling out everywhere. They get bit and rattled and spit at and, and slapped and done wrong and cussed and stabbed in the back and skinned and I mean, talked about, gossiped about. I mean, I mean, get the throats cut and I mean, just go through the ringer with religious people and, and, and ain't you glad that there's some folks that just went on for Jesus. Amen. Didn't stop. He tell you why you're here. You're a product of somebody who was faithful. That's right. 
That preacher that was preaching the night you got saved, he'd been through some snake pits, friend. Yeah. But it kept going. Because it kept going, you got saved. Yeah. You heard the message. That Sunday school teacher that led you to the Lord, she or he had been through some snake pits and had been had experienced some snake bites. But they just remained faithful and they remained focused. And they kept doing what they knew God told, what God had told them to do. And a byproduct of their faithfulness and their focus was you were found and saved by the marvelous grace of God. Imagine all these people in Macedonia who would have died and went to hell. And Paul and I just kept his commitment. And said, okay, that was, that was a bad ordeal. He says, but I'm going on for God. Yeah. He remained focused. Paul remained in fellowship. This is very key. You know what I found out when people get hurt? They get snake bit, if you will. First thing they want to do is isolate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Leave me alone. Uh -huh. I ain't going to church. Leave me alone. I won't talk about it. Leave me alone. They, they, they isolate themselves. It's a dangerous thing to do. Whether or not you know it. I know people get on your nerves. But whether or not you know it, you need fellowship among the brethren. Right. Amen. God, all, prove me wrong, all throughout the Gospels, he made a tent after a tent after a tent after a tent to sit down with his disciples and break bread. They'd have church and they'd eat. You know that didn't, just didn't happen. Well, you know how, I mean, we get in the habit, don't we? I mean, I think we ate Mexican after Sunday morning for like eight or nine weeks in a row. Huh? Why is that? Why, do, why is that part of who we are? Why do we, why do we, why do we have fellowship Sunday here? I'm going to tell you why. Because God spoke this to my heart early on. Fellowship, to keep our church knit, is important. Amen. We need the fellowship. We need to talk and laugh and play games and throw cornhole. We need that. God desires us to be in fellowship if you're not careful, you'll get snake bit, and soon after you'll be isolated. Yeah. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 of chapter 20. Verse 3 of chapter number 20. And there abode in Macedonia three months. And the Jews laid wait on him, or laid wait for him uh, as he was about to sail to Syria. He purposed to return through <coughs> excuse me, Macedonia. And there accompanied, accompanied him unto Asia. All these names. I ain't going to get into all of them. You can read them there. Some of them I can pronounce good, some of them I can't. Verse 5. These going before tarried for us at Tros. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came into Troas in five days where we abode seven days. Look here. And upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. Now listen, Brother Chris. We all look at this. Paul preached to midnight and we get a little laugh, okay? But if you'll think of the context in which Paul preached to midnight, that's pretty impressive. He has just thought literal hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, son, every convert he's seen saved is confused. They don't know if they're supposed to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, or Holy Ghost or Jesus Christ or be sprinkled. They don't know what they should do. They don't know if, they, if they're supposed to be dunked in a bathtub or sprinkled with a, with, a, with a little bit of jiggle water. I mean, they don't know what's going on. They don't know it. They don't know if they did the right thing by cursing Diana and following God. And the ones who are saved said, Paul's an infidel. He's an idiot. He don't know he's, I mean, all hell's broke loose. Snakes are crawling everywhere. Paul remains faithful. Paul remains focused. And Paul remains in fellowship. He's enjoying his fellowship so much 
Y'all think I get happy preaching? That's why I preach so long. I get happy, I can't stop. What if I preached at midnight? <laughs> hey, you think I'm long-winded? You should have sat under the preacher Paul. He's enjoying fellowship. Now, this is pretty impressive to me because one of the, one of the number one things I've seen, you have seen, probably dealt with, is when you go through things like that, he's just seen a church blow all to pieces. Most people that go through church problems, they want in. If they, even if they remain faithful and remain focused, you'll find that they'll step back from fellowship. They'll go in. As soon as they leave, they go out. They don't want no part because you know why? They're scared of being snaked again. They're scared of those who they thought were good turning out to be bad like the other ones did back in, back in Ephesus. See, Paul could have looked at Macedonia and thought, he started preaching and started getting saved. Don't you think it wasn't in the back of his mind? He thought, well, huh, I know what happened last time we seen revival break out. Yeah. That didn't detour Paul. You know what he did? He kept preaching. Man. And he kept preaching. Amen. And he kept preaching. And he kept preaching. Preached so long, old dude up in the window, fell asleep, fell out and died. Yeah. <laughs> what did Paul do? Did he quit? No, he done had enough. He done seen enough problems. He's nah, that ain't nothing. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. I done had 45,000 snakes crawl out on me, and that just says, I'm going to enjoy myself. <laughs> the Bible said it was Paul who went. He left, he left where he was, went out and prayed over that man that was dead. Mm -hmm. God revived him. Mm -hmm. Are you listening to me? Ain't that like a preacher? That's a preacher's heart. That's a pastor's heart, brother Chris. He'd been hurt. He'd been hurt by people. And I'm going to tell you what a lot of preachers do when they get real hurt by people. They quit caring about them. That's right. They'll show up and preach to them, but they don't really care about them. You want to know a sure indicator they don't care is when those people fall, they leave them, fall, they leave them where they are. Yeah. Not Paul. Paul said, all right, I appreciate y'all. Give me a hand clap right there on my message, but I'll be right back. I'm not done yet. I'll be right back. we got one. Listen, think about that. He said, y'all will have to hold on. I've got one out there somewhere on the wayside. Fell out of the window. Got to go help him. Mm -hmm. That's a real preacher, man. Yeah. That's a real pastor. Somebody that say, okay, I, I, I thank God for what he's done, and I'm glad that he's delivered us, but we've got one out there who's found dead. And he had a pastor's heart yeah. to go out and check on him. That's, that's, I mean, that's a real preacher. Yeah. He remained in fellowship. Can I say this? Paul set out to meet those who awaited him in Macedonia. He kept his word. You know what he told how, how discouraged would them two preacher boys that was following him, Brother Jim, looking up to him? What would it, what, how would they have ended up if Paul would have threw him the towel of Ephesus? There's two of his preachers waiting on him, Brother Chris. Yeah. You know what they were expecting? They were expecting their man of God to come to Macedonia like he said, this. listen, the Bible said it was of the Spirit of God that he purposed. Yeah. You know what he told them boys? I'll be down there. That's where God said to go. Yep. He wouldn't have showed up. Not only did they question their preacher, they might have questioned God. Yeah. Are you listening? Yeah. Listen, what you say matters, friend. Right. When you stand up, listen to me. When you stand up in this church and say, I just want to thank God for my church and God put me here in my family. I love this church. Those words shouldn't be taken lightly. Amen. There's people in here that hear you say those things. Yeah. They're depending on you to keep your word. 
You might love this church, but don't you think that you're not going to get snake bit from time to time? Them suckers are good at hiding around in the dark. And they'll reach out every now and then on our journey till Jesus comes back. There will be a snake or two hop out of the bushes and bite on us and hurt us. But we've got to keep going. We've got to keep our word. We've got to remain focused. We've got to remain faithful. We've got to remain fervent. We have got to remain in fellowship for the sake of God and the love for our brethren. We remain in fellowship. Bible said in the book of Philippians, chapter number two, verse number two, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. First Peter 3, 8, finally, be ye of all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous. Can I tell you something? We're not all going to be deserving of one another's love. They're going to be things you do that are stupid. There will be things I do that are stupid. But we still ought to love each other. Amen. We still ought to be there for one another. We still ought to keep our word. When you join this church, you know what you vowed before God and the church that he purchased with his own blood? I am committed myself to this body, to help this body, to live for Jesus in this body, to serve Jesus in this body, Amen. just because the snake crawls out and bites you on the leg. Don't give you right to forsake the body. Got to remain faithful, focused, fervent. You got to remain in fellowship. Ain't you glad that Paul did not let Demetrius, the religious snake, detour to press him? Uh-huh. He didn't just preach, he preached a stink at midnight. <laughs> You're talking about a preacher on fire. He was fervent, Amen. Brother Chris. He was. He wasn't near as down discouraged as the brethren was saying he was. Yeah. Help me right there. Yeah. I can hear him right now. Did you hear about old brother Paul? Yeah, I did. I bet he's about to quit. That's some of the brethren. That's how they are. He went down there and preached. Revival broke out. Next thing you know, they're they killing each other in the church. And half of them's crying dying. And half of them's crying Jesus. And half of them's saying one thing. Half of them's doing another. I mean, he got so mad that the city... The city officials had to get involved. Paul couldn't even handle his own church. The town clerk had to come in and take over for Paul. Yeah, yeah I bet he's done. I bet his ministry's over. You know what Paul did? By remaining faithful and focused and remaining in fellowship, he proved to them that he was real. Amen. As he remained fervent, he remained on fire. He wasn't sick of preaching. Looks to me like he's preaching harder now than he ever had. I mean, he preached the man to death, literally. <laughs> Are you listening? Amen. Some of y'all, I've seen you get so aggravated at me sometimes. You go, Jen's the worst. <laughs> She'll get real one of these days. Hey, man, you saved or something. I've seen her. She'll go, <sighs> You know why I'm like that? I'm so fire with the Lord, man. I'm just glad to preach. Amen. I just enjoy preaching. I mean, I do. And you ought to be happy if you got a preacher that likes it because I've seen a whole bunch of them I don't think do. Amen. Right. I mean, they seem like they're dreaded from the time they start to the 15 minutes that they finish. I'm glad that God can choose somebody like me to preach the blessed word. Amen. Paul preached them to death, man. He was fervent. Paul remained favored. Do you know that? 
Because Paul was faithful and focused and in fellowship and fervent, God kept his favor on him. Uh, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all want God to keep favor on you in your life? 